And Flossie was a strange woman. She lived just about a half a block from, from us, and, and her family actually just kind of ridiculed her quite a bit because she was just, she was a hard person to be around, just very demanding and just a little bit strange. But somehow my mom got hooked up with Flossie. Flossie's daughter-in-law, Mona, my, my friend Randy's mom, was my mom's best friend. And, and Mona really didn't have much to do with Flossie, but, but my mom somehow got the job of, now I always found this weird and, and younger people, you were like, boy, that is really weird. But, but, but every Saturday, Flossie would come over and my mom would wash her hair wash and set her hair. Uh, I don't know why she couldn't wash her own hair, but, but, but she had come over, and my mom, and, and my mom wasn't a beautician, didn't have any of that skill other than just having four daughters and, and, and what that, that trained her, but she would wash Flossie's hair, and the whole time Flossie would just talk about all this weird stuff, and she had fixed her hair, and when she was done, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday, she would hand my mom a quarter. Uh, now, that was a little bit more back then, but still a quarter wasn't very much, and thank her for that. What I didn't know, I mean, I always thought it was weird that, man, Randy didn't even want to be about his gram- around his grandma, but I had to be around her. But what was really going on was that my mom was teaching me, my mom was teaching me a, a lesson. A few years ago, that's probably been more than a few now, we were home at Thanksgiving, uh, and, and we were walking around my, my hometown, and I, we walked by this, this house. It was an old, old abandoned house. The, the windows and doors had long since been boarded up. And, and I'll be honest, I hadn't thought of the lady that lived in that house for years. Her name was Hazel. She was uh, a single lady, never been married, didn't have any family, uh, at least no family close that were living near her. But she was a lady that my mom would take her to the grocery store, and my mom would, would, would help her with certain things, and my mom would check up on her to make sure she was doing okay. And I always thought that odd, well, why her, Mom? You're not related to her. You have all these relatives, all this other responsibility. Why, why Hazel? What I didn't realize that Mom was teaching me. Mom was teaching me a lesson. Mom was teaching me a lesson. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter five. We're going to look at just one verse there. We're going to kind of bounce around and look at a few other uh, texts here this morning uh, as, as well. But first, First Thessalonians chapter five. And, and we'll look just at the 15th verse. We're, we're in our study the last few weeks of the, of one another's, where, where God's word calls us to action towards one another. Uh, and, and this is the next one that we're going to look at. So 1 Thessalonians 5.15, it says this. And, and really that whole section, it's the end of the book. Uh, so Paul kind of finishes that up in his letter to the church at Thessalonica. He's been dealing with a lot of different, uh, uh topics and important stuff. And, and he kind of finishes up, Finish it up with some 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 random and almost kind of shotgun approach of hey here's stuff to be thinking about and this is what he says in verse 15 make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always try to be kind to each other and, and I like this I finish this and to everyone else <laughs> that's just kind of kind of cool be kind to each other so so he's talking first of all in the church be kind to each other he he addressed the letter to the church to the believers. So that first part, he's talking to, hey, within the body, be kind to one another. But, but then he expands that out and opens it up and says, oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, you know, church, if you want to, uh, not if you want to, he's saying to, it's everyone else as well. Be kind to one another. We live in a, uh, 
we live in a, uh, a, a day and age and in a, a world now that is, uh, is lacking kindness. We're lacking just civility. We're lacking seeing other people for, for who they are and what they've become, seeing, seeing the positive in other people and, and just simply offering kindness. So it may seem, it may seem kind of odd. It may seem kind of simple. Like, oh, really? We got to talk about this. But, but Paul challenges here and, and calls us church to be thinking about this, this simple thing. Guys, be kind to each other and everyone else as well. Have an attitude of kindness. Now, um, I'm glad I'm up here because I get to do things that I don't necessarily like to do if I'm sitting out there. So I apologize because I hate it when people do this when I'm uh, uh, in the church, but I get to do it today. So w- what I want you to kind of just quickly glance to your left and right, see who's next to you, then you can kind of pick one. Um, you can pick one on each side, but just kind of pick one because it might be easier on one than the other. So I don't know. But but if you would do this, if you would kind of, and take a little time, um, try not to leave someone out. If there's someone sitting by themselves, you know, maybe someone get up and go to them, but would you say something kind to a person either on your right or left? Just go ahead and do that. I'll just give you a couple moments. Oh, thank you. Oh. Okay, kindness, kindness is over. No, no more kindness. Two, two things, two things. I was really touched that my wife noticed that I was by myself and came up to say something kind. Except she came up to straighten my tie. So. <laughs> but she did tell me, tell me that she loved me, so I guess that was kind. Uh, one thing I noticed, that if you, you probably notice it as you look close, but, it, but I can see from here, uh, is people were smiling. It might have been a nervous smile, like, I don't know the person next to me, I'm trying to say something kind to them, but... But but the reality is that's what kindness does. It, it uh, uh, ends up causing us to smile. Kindness, uh, if you're following along with your uh, the, the outline this morning, kindness is an attitude. It really is an attitude, and it it comes from the heart. The the truth is, kindness comes from what's inside of us, and and we'll talk a little bit more about what wh- what that looks like and how that has to happen, and and uh, and some stuff like that, but. But, but kindness is an attitude. It's, it's what we have to decide that we're going to do. It, it, it's what we decide that is going to be our attitude. But it really starts, guys, with our hearts. Now, ladies, uh, I'll speak to you for just a second. Now, you can kind of nod, but be, do, do it very gently so I can notice, but your husband can't, although he's going to be looking at you. So, uh, you know, this may not work. Maybe just kind of twitch your eyebrow or something so I, I know. Is your, is your husband ever short or gruff or, or mean to you or, Anything? I didn't say raise your hand. It's his birthday. Come on. Brother, I see why you're in different rows now. Okay. The, the reality is, is kindness is an attitude. And, and let's point it out, guys. And so I'll speak to us. And this could, this this maybe applies to ladies as well. But but I'm a guy, so I'm going to speak to to guys. You know, I know there's times that I'm not very kind. There's times that I'm that I'm gruff. There's times that I'm short with my wife. There's times that that I embarrass my wife. But that's okay. Uh, 
there, there's times, and, and here's, here's the reality. It, it, it's usually what's going on inside my heart. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm distracted. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm stressed out. Uh, but it really is a heart issue. Jesus spoke to this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And if you want to read that whole context and, and a few verses in front and behind that, you can. It'll give you a little more idea. But, but the, the, the bulk of what he says there is this. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so what he's saying is what, what is in your heart, what is in your inside, what you decide is going to be your attitude where your heart is, that's really what's going to end up coming out. That's what, what you're going to speak. So, uh, so guys, when, when we are a little gruff or we're not very kind, it really is speaking to, it's really speaking to our, who our heart is and where our heart is. See, we are called, we're called to have an attitude and a, and a, uh, a word of kindness with our, uh, with our words. If, if you have your Bibles, look over to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, we're going to look at verse 24 and just down through a, a couple verses there and, and ask that simple question, am I kind? And we're going to, we're going to see an example from Jesus' life and get an idea of maybe what was going on there and just find a little bit of hint, a little bit of a hint for what we can do. Uh, Mark chapter 7, uh, starting with verse, uh, verse 24. Jesus left that place and, and, uh, that place was around the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and, and it, it says he traveled to, to Tyre and that, just so you know, that's about a, a 30 mile, uh, 30 mile distance north. So, uh, Jesus left that place and went to the v- vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence a secret. In fact, as soon as he, they heard about him, a woman whose little daughter, daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syria, Phoenicia, and she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. Now what, what happens next seems a little odd, a little weird, but we'll talk about it. First, the, this is what Jesus says. First, let the children eat all they want, he said, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. The Lord, she replied, uh, yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found her child laying on the bed and the demon gone. A couple big Big kind of bold questions come out of that text. Uh, uh, here, here's the first question. Now, now note I pointed out that Jesus had traveled 30 miles. He had went from the Sea of Galilee uh, up to an area 30 miles north of him that was not a Jewish area uh, at, at all, uh, a place that actually was pretty anti-Jew at the time. So he had traveled 30 miles north. And, and what the text says is that he went into a house and he didn't want anyone to know he was there. So... The first question is this, why? Why? Because we see Jesus' ministry is pretty public and pretty open. Almost all the times he's going places and, and crowds are drawn to him, and he's cool with that. I mean, he, uh, he speaks to the crowds. He goes out on a boat at the Sea of Galilee so, so, uh, so he can speak to even more. He get, gets the people around him and feeds 5,000, later on 4,000. Jesus has always had crowds, crowds around him, but here he, he went 30 miles north and he went into a house, and his goal was that no one would know he was there. Why did he? Why did he do that? Why did he go there, hoping no one would know who he was? Anyone have any thoughts on that? No right or wrong answers here. There may be some better than others, but just go ahead and say, why do you think Jesus did that? Why do we think he he walked almost said drove 
Why, why did he walk 30 miles north to a place that was not Jewish, a place that wouldn't have, uh, he thought, known about him to be away so no one would know his, why did he do that? Anyone? Yo. I don't know if they had couches. Well, they did have couches there. I doubt they were had the little armrests that pulled up and popped the feet up. But you, does your husband do that occasionally? I, it seems like maybe you, you do. Okay. <laughs> she nailed it. No one else has to answer. Now, we don't know that for sure because Scripture doesn't really give us any other details from that text. But I think the reason he went 30 miles, which wasn't an easy journey, you know, hey, walk, walk over to, um, to a little bit east of, uh, east of uh, Riverside and somewhere, I don't know, five, five miles further than that would be 30 miles from here maybe. Uh, Hiawatha, probably about 30 miles, 25, 26 miles. Uh, that, that, that wasn't just a, a leisurely stroll. It took him a while to get there. I think he did it because he wanted to rest. Now, I don't know who the guy's house he went into. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was a friend of one of the, the, the 12. Maybe Peter or James had, had traded fish for, for whatever this guy sold, and, and they knew it was a business partner or, or someone, maybe it was a relative somehow, although probably wasn't a re- Somehow they knew someone there, and I think Jesus went all that way to a place where they, he, he figured they didn't know about him, so he could do exactly that, kick his feet up, take a breath, relax a little bit. Now, as an aside note here, um, and we see this other places in Scripture where Jesus separated himself away so that, that, uh, that he could pray, um, would try to get away and, and, and then be by himself. But as a side note, guys, if Jesus at times needed to, to rest, if Jesus needed to get away from from the pressure, if Jesus needed a, a time to just find a place where no one knew who he was, where he could relax, uh, th- then we should as well. Um, so, so let me just say, so you probably don't struggle, most of us don't struggle with this, but you know what, if Jesus took a vacation, then it's okay if we do as well. Did, did you catch that? It is fine if we do that. And I, I pondered on whether I should say this or not. Uh, I may get in trouble for saying it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. That may even be true. Now, now, don't take this and run. Let me, let me explain it. Don't, some of you might want to take this. And, hey, Tim said, that might also even mean there's times that one of the best things we could do is take a vacation from church. Did this preacher really say that? <laughs> now, I'm thinking like once or twice a year, not once or twice a month. But, uh, but there, there may be times that the best thing you can do for your soul and your spirit on a Sunday morning, because your schedule only allows for that to happen, is, is to not feel guilty that you're not in God's house that day because you need to be with God. Not that we're not with Him here, but there's sometimes we just need to separate ourselves and be away and, and find some solace. Now, again, don't, don't run with that too much, but, but if Jesus needed to do that, um, then, then maybe we should uh, realize that as well. But here's the deal. I, he was there because I think he was wore out. I think he was tired. Uh, just previous to that, he had been doing a lot of stuff. The, the Pharisees and Sadducees had come from Jerusalem, and they were testing him and trying to trick him. And, and I, think, I think he just needed to get away. And then what happened? He went into the house hoping that no one would know he was there, and this lady shows up. She heard about him, and apparently his fame had already spread that far north. This lady showed up at his house, 
and she threw herself at his feet. Now, she didn't introduce herself. She didn't say, hey, Jesus, I've heard some pretty good stuff about you. Hey, Jesus, boy, you, you, I've, I've heard you teach before, and you're doing a wonderful job. Let me just encourage you today, Jesus, is there anything I can do? Can I fix a meal for you? I, I've, I've, I've made this fish and bread. Let me hand it. No, none of that. You know what happened? She saw Jesus. She fell at his feet. Jesus, do this for me. He was wore out. And she's at his feet saying, Jesus, I want you to do something for me. Um, I spent last week down in Juarez, and I, I appreciate the church allowing me that time to, to go with the college group from Mo West and, and minister down there. We were, I think it was, uh, was uh, a Tuesday afternoon, I took, I took three families, a, a mother, her daughter, and her daughter-in-law. Uh, I really only planned on taking the mother, but the daughter and daughter-in-law were both at the house, and so I kind of felt like, well, I've got to take them all. But, but I... But I took Maria and Lupita and Evelyn to the grocery store, the Esmart there in Annapra to buy, buy food for them. Something Rita and I usually do when we're down there. So, uh, so I walked in. So now instead of buying for one, I'm actually buying for three. So I'm already a little stressed over that. And when we walked in, Lupita, Maria's daughter, uh, we came in and kind of headed towards those who had been there for, towards where the vegetables and, and fruit and everything was. I saw Lupita wave at someone. And I didn't even turn my head because I figured, well, I didn't know who she was waving at. And we got a little further, I, I heard her holler at Evelyn, and, and I didn't catch everything she said, but I heard her say, su madre, her mother. And when I heard her say, Evelyn, your mother, I went, because oh. I knew what was going to happen. Every time I'm there, Evelyn's mom, her name is, um, um, I, I, get, I called her Iguana one time, and they laughed at me, it's Iwana or something like that. Uh, but that's how I remember it. I think Iguana, okay, Iwana. Um, every, time I, every time I see Iwana, she asks me for something. Will you buy me food? Will you give me money? Will you put a roof on my house? <laughs> Seriously, that's one thing she asked. One day, I, I was stopped at a stop sign out in uh, Annapolis. She was walking down the median, saw me, came over to the window, and asked me to buy her food. I mean, it wasn't, hey, how are you doing? Great to see you. What are you doing here? It's, will you buy me food? And, and so I knew. I knew what was going to happen, and sure enough, Iwana came up, and, and oh, oh, Kim, and I introduced her to Kim, uh, one of the college girls that was there with us, that, that I'd taken to the store with me, because she spoke Spanish to help translate, and uh, I introduced her, and I said, oh, nice to meet you, and, and, and then the guy she was with, I didn't, I'd never seen him before, but there's a guy that was with her, said, she, she was wondering, she was wondering if, if you could buy her a little food. Now, now, I heard the rest of the story later on, the family wasn't real happy with Iwana, because she had left her husband to go with this guy and left a couple of her kids who were now living with uh, uh, Evelyn and her husband, Cesar, 